0: Hey everybody, this is Dr. Adam Rennie. This is episode four of One Thing. Memory loss, dementia, Alzheimer's, one of the biggest issues right now in healthcare. Today we get an expert's opinion about how to approach early detection and prevention of memory loss, dementia, and Alzheimer's disease. And what to do if you're starting to show changes in your memory. Welcome everybody. This is Dr. Adam Rindy. I am your host of One Thing, where our premise is that change happens with information and inspiration. About today's guest, Dr. Cabron Chapek is a clinician at the Amunds Clinic in Bellevue, Washington. He is a Bastyr University graduate. I've known him for about 15 years when we were student clinicians together at Bastyr University. He's one of my favorite people. He has the perfect combination of intelligence and sensitivity that it takes to be an astute clinician. He's great with patients, has an outstanding bedside manner, and he really has a great mastery on neurologic and brain problems. He has a ton of experience working in this field. Listen in as we dive deeply into dementia and Alzheimer's. At the end of the show, I'll recap with some thoughts Please share this episode freely on your social media platforms. We're really interested in getting this information out there because it's helpful and useful and can help make the difference in people's lives. Thank you for tuning in today. All right. Dr. Chapik, welcome to the show. It's great to speak with you today.
1: Oh, Adam, thanks. It's my pleasure to be here.
0: Yeah. You know, you've always been one of my favorite people. I'm really excited to talk with you. Um, it was great catching up with you for a few moments before we went on the air. Um, you know, I think we should sort of jump in and start talking. Um, why don't you bring us up to speed as to your current clinical focus and mm-hmm. how your career led you to where you're at right now?
1: Well, sure. Uh, yes, yeah, so my I, I love that you're doing this podcast too, by the way. This is a really great venture. Um, And it's always good to talk to you too. Uh, You know, just the the short version is after graduation, uh, I worked for about six years in a partial hospital program working intensely with eating disorders. Partial hospital is kind of like a residential treatment center. And Mm -hmm. uh, eating disorders, depression, anxiety, um, chemical dependency, really integrative team. Of people, I learned a ton, uh, became the medical director there, and was there for about six years. And that's where I got my training, my trial by fire in, in psychiatry and mental health. And then I started working at Amen Clinics for about the past six, seven years, um, doing assessments, helping people with all sorts of issues from depression to anxiety to brain injury, to ADD uh and and also um dementia and alzheimers
0: mm, okay great and so uh, your clinic is located in the bellevue area correct
1: yep we're in bellevue um washington and there's i believe 8 or 9 clinics across the country but we're the we're the bellevue hub okay and do
0: you see patients um through telemedicine or in person what's your
1: What's the setup? Yeah, I, I mostly, well, it's a, it's about half and half almost now, believe it or not. Um, all in-person visits, um, of course, are in-person here at the clinic. And then I'll do phone or uh, Zoom, which is video conferencing after that. But then I also do consults for the various psychiatrists in our network of clinics across the country who may need mm-hmm. some additional help or expertise with their patients um, and we'll do workup via lab and, and then I'll, without having met them, we'll actually do um, video or, or phone calls and sending Wonderful. reports. Yeah. That's great.
0: So we were talking about some of the areas that you focus on and. But today you have so many interesting areas that you we work with. I thought today we'd dive in to talk about memory loss, dementia, because mm-hmm. it's it's such a prevalent
1: issue mm-hmm. right now.
0: And one of the things that's confusing to most people is when to be concerned about memory loss. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, you know, there's a lot of just gentle like ribbing and joking that goes along with, you know, people who are forgetful or or, you know, maybe not as sharp as they used to be. Mm-hmm. But what, what's the line that mm-hmm. we need to be concerned about?
1: It's a great question because, uh, you know, one in two people is going to have some form of dementia by age 85. One in two. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. half of us I and mean, it's staggering. We're going to, mm-hmm. there's like a tidal wave of people, you know, the baby boomers are getting older. There's a huge amount of people that are going to have some form of dementia, if not Alzheimer's, as they get older, and it's happening earlier and earlier. uh, When every, pretty much every other chronic disease has gone down, you know, HIV is is quite treatable now, and it's more of a chronic disease versus a death sentence. Cancer, many, many, not all types of cancer, but some types of cancer are very treatable. Breast cancers, um, sometimes. Whereas Alzheimer's and dementia, the rates continue to go up with no mm-hmm. solutions in sight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's, you know, and, and the current approach is that it's sort of the head in the sand. If you don't, you know, it's better to not know, just kind of live your life. God forbid that if you get Alzheimer's dementia, there's not nothing we can do. Um, there's, there's, you know, put your things in order. You know, we'll see you in six months, maybe give you some Aricept or Namenda. Um, I think that's unconscionable that just that there isn't support now for, for folks when it's, it's like your brain. This is who you're, you're going to lose who you are. I've just told mm-hmm. you. So I think a lot of clinicians um, feel like they don't want to screen people. Kind of back to your question, like they don't want to screen people because they don't have they know they don't have a lot of options for them. Mm-hmm. Um and people don't want to be screened because if you know, like you said, there's a lot of joking. Hey, it's, you're just getting you know, it's just a senior moment. So right. how, how do you know when a senior moment should be worked up? And what I'm always thinking about it's either one of two things. On the one hand, it's either maybe it's normal aging. On the other hand, maybe it's the beginning of a neurodegenerative process that's going to end up as Alzheimer's or dementia. Mm-hmm. Do we want to take that chance? Um, no, we want to at least do some simple screening to rule this out. And there's some, some online questionnaires. Uh, the SAGE is a good one, S-A-G-E, which can be downloaded and, and you can take yourself at home. And we actually use in our offices as one of the screening tools of many that we use for assessing patients with dementia. Mm-hmm. And you can get a sense it differentiates normal aging from early stages of Alzheimer's or dementia, there's a cutoff score. Uh, and one of the things too to think about when you are beginning to have memory problems or someone complains of memory problems, and memory problems can happen from young age, you know, there could be 15-year-olds with memory issues up to, you know, end-of-life memory issues. Um, how do you know what it is? Um, one of the things to keep in mind is it, so you, you, you may be, I come, I have three kids. I'll come home. I'll throw my keys down. They're running to give me a hug. Oh, dad, look at this. This is what I did at school today. What do you want for dinner? You know, it's like, Oh, where are my keys? You know? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And that's more of an attention issue than a true memory issue, because I didn't focus on where I put the keys down and remember, I just kind of, Absent mindedly toss them somewhere, and then i but I'm not going to run out and think and that's more of an intentional issue and there can be quote memory problems from that, but it's more what we call working memory, which is super short term it's just what you're focused on in the moment you you go to the next room, oh, what did I come into this room for? you know and you have to retrace your steps um and if if you're able if occasionally that's normal, that's absolutely normal um if it takes a really long time to remember more than a couple of minutes or you never you know it or if, if there's people that you've known for a long time that you forget their names um and and also word finding difficulties that's one early sign where if you're dr- describing something in conversation you just can't quite pull up the word for that thing you keep calling it that thing or trying to describe it without using the word and it's a simple word um Mm-hmm. then that's the key. And and the thing is too if it's different for you, if there's a change for you out of normal, that's that's also a, a key and and uh, we call that subjective cognitive impairment versus objective cognitive impairment where it may not show up on testing, but for you it's not normal and I would still get that checked out to see if it's it's if it's something to be more concerned about and a thor- more thorough workup needs to be done. Um really one of the leaders in this whole area that has given us a lot of hope that we don't have to, um, that there's a new approach, is Dr. Dale Bredesen, who's a neurologist out of UCLA. Um, And and he talks about subjective cognitive impairment having five to ten years um, to make significant changes before it's too late. And so... That's there's time to act, so we can talk about him if you'd like to. Okay.
0: Yeah, I was. You know, i read some of his research and his his popular books, um, and mm-hmm. one of the things that was really interesting. Maybe we can just touch upon briefly is he thinks you know sort of this assessment and screening for brain health should happen much earlier than we do. Yeah. So, exactly. for example, I think he has like a series of tests that you might consider when you're looking at your own brain health, almost like you would if you were doing like a preventative colonoscopy um, yeah. when you turn 50. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. can we just jump into a little bit about some of the preventive tests that you are familiar with and that you feel
1: strongly about? Yeah, no, yeah. Um, that, that That's what I love to do. And, and we actually, we connected with Dale um about 4 or 5 years ago after his, one of his first studies came out um because he's a researcher he needs clinicians and so there's a bunch of clinicians that went and and did training to learn from him and um and this this will help answer the question about what labs to do or what to look for is that we we want to it all comes down to one thing when it comes to neurodegenerative changes and especially Alzheimer's disease is this APP gene or enzyme amyloid precursor protein and it's like a molecular switch that flips on or flips off and if it flips on it signals programmatic cell death and neurodegenerative changes bad if it switches off there's more neuronal cell growth and development just like other parts of the body we have osteoblasts which build up bone and osteoclasts which break down bone so these are different mm-hmm. processes in the body to build up and break down. So in the brain it just makes so much sense to me when, when I thought this was huge, when I learned about this. Um, and, and what affects that APP gene is all of the things that we talk about in naturopathic medicine. Um, if you eat a poor diet, if you don't exercise enough, um, if you're deficient in nutrients, hormones, if you have exposure to toxins, especially mold, um, or heavy metals, or infections like Epstein-Barr virus, and there's certain viruses associated with Alzheimer's now, and and he talks about looking at all the different risk factors together, and identifying them, and so that's why we, you know, he talks about a, a barn roof with 36 holes in it, and we want to identify as many of those as possible and patch them and tip the scales in the right direction, and mm. and so that's where you. You know That's what we do here is a very thorough workup. You know, we do the psychological testing, um, but also we do a really thorough lab workup to look for an inflammation, deficiency. So like HSCRP, we look for nu- nutrient deficiencies, vitamin D, zinc, copper, iron. We look for um, toxicity. We always screen for mold. It's just, In a number of patients and cases, their mold is actually a significant factor in memory. And when we clean that up, memory begins to improve and so it's not it's and it's still what's the key is it, it it's not necessarily it's mold instead of Alzheimer's or or um, Lyme disease instead of it's like that's what's triggered the APP gene to signal programmatic cell death and it's triggered Alzheimer's so it's like we're trying mm-hmm. to remove as many triggers as possible and it's it's very affirming for me as as the kind of medicine that we do to look for treating the cause to do to fully change your, 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 um, diet and your extra doing exercise. If you haven't been and reducing stress, that's a really significant piece. So it's like, you kind of got to do it all to get the best chance of improving, um, your memory and as staving off, not that you can Mm -hmm. reverse Alzheimer's or dementia, you cannot get rid of it, but you can slow it down. This is the real hope. You can slow it down to the point where um, you're you're not progressing and maybe even improve symptoms, and and that's the very first goal. And isn't that mm-hmm. much, a much better, more hopeful story than the first one we talked about where it's like, okay, take Aricept, we'll see you in six months, hope it doesn't get worse, but not a lot we can right.
0: do. Great. Excellent information. Thank you. Um with the APP gene is there other genetic mutations or potentially like single yeah. nucleotide polymorphisms that you factor in and looking at if this is if this gene is turned up
1: Man that's a great question. I think that's a million dollar question like if we could actually look at that closer. The one gene that that we all should be thinking about knowing about is the APOE4 allele. Mm-hmm. And uh it's you know, I used to think, oh, you're going to get Alzheimer's if you have it. And that's not necessarily the case. You can have two copies, one copy or no copies. And it's it, it's more than just, um, it's really what it is. It's an inflammatory marker. And mm-hmm. it's like pouring gasoline on the fire. If you have inflammation, so someone that has prediabetes, that's bad enough as far as cognitive decline and causing inflammation to the tiny vessels in the neurons, but if you have that prediabetes plus the APOE4 allele, it's it's so much worse. And so you, those people, mm-hmm. essentially, with the, those genes, um, need to be more vigilant at looking mm-hmm. at all of their risk factors, reducing inflammation in particular. Um, but it, you know, and one one is worse than two. It basically increases your chances of having Alzheimer's, but it doesn't mean you're going to have to have it like... You, you may have heard of the nun study, where there was um, some nuns who didn't have Alzheimer's, but when they on autopsy, they had the brain of someone who who had Alzheimer's, mm. um, and so um, and they had the genes for it as well, um, mm-hmm. but they didn't so actually something have their about symptoms. their lifestyle
0: prevented it from exactly. expressing.
1: Exactly.
0: Exactly. Interesting. So with your your center at the Almon Clinic, um, there's, mm-hmm. you've always been known for advanced imaging and um, some of your technology. Can you just shed a little bit of light as to, if, are you using this technology with these therapies to monitor progress or um, what? Yeah. What kind of? Can you just go into the type of imaging you're doing, maybe as it correlates with the dementia approach?
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it's called SPECT, Single Photon Emission Computed Tomography, and it is a type of nuclear medicine scan looking at brain function and blood flow. So it's different than an MRI that's more structural, and this is more functional, looking at activity of the brain. So it's more similar to like a PET scan. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it will. And this is not just our research. This is research done um, back in the 90s that SPECT imaging can pick up Changes in the brain looking like alzheimer's five to nine years before symptoms occur, so you can see an alzheimer's or a dementia type pattern or other problems with the brain before symptoms are at the very start to know where things are headed and that time mm-hmm. is so valuable that's that's when you can make the biggest change and that's where I think I want to get the message out to other naturopathic doctors or doctors or clinicians interested in natural health because those are the ones that can real you know, are are equipped to help people um the mm-hmm. most. And and then, like I said, there's gonna be a tidal wave of them coming out. But yeah, that's what we do is spec imaging and um we can we can actually understand how the brain is functioning, which correlates with you know, memory problems, focusing problems, we can detect brain injury, very sensitive sensitively. Uh, and it just it guides it guides our treatment and assessment approach. Yeah.
0: Well, that is really great. Um the one thing I just want to conclude with is you know you've given us a lot of information to wrap our head around um no pun intended. Um so the <laughs> <laughs> the uh thing that I'd like to kind of conclude with is if if you could just go into where people can get in touch with you, how they can follow the work you're doing. Are you doing any kind of writing or speaking? What What's the best way for people who are interested in learning more from you or potentially seeing you as a patient? How How would they get in touch with
1: you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, that's great. They can contact us here at Amen Clinics in Bellevue, and the number is 425-455-7517. Um, Amen Clinics Northwest is our location. Uh, I'm speaking at the, um, there's a conference in San Diego, um, the IMMH Integrative Medicine for Mental Health, in August, and that is going to be, I'm talking about brain injury and, and approaches to treating brain injury, and I actually have a book coming out on that topic next January is when it should be out, and that's for geared towards uh, patients to help understand um, S- similar to alzheimer's like there's not a lot of help that's really concrete with specific supplements to take and labs to do um for traumatic brain injury even mild brain injury and concussion like from
0: sports where will that book be available
1: hopefully major bookstores near you um, okay but, uh, okay yeah in january so it's it publishers kensington um and it's quite a ways out now it's March yeah. only here, but
0: um, well, congratulations!
1: You know. Thank you so much. Well, great. Well, great you. thank
0: you for being on. One thing, um, it was very interesting speaking with you. I learned a lot. I'm sure our listeners learned a lot, and you know, it gives us some hope of potentially to get in front of progressive memory loss before it before it actually happens, and also um, some hope to um, for some things to work on if if the memory loss process has already started. So I uh, thank you for being on today.
1: It was my pleasure, Adam. Always good to talk to you. Hey, this
0: is Dr. Adam Green. I'm recapping today's episode. learned a lot on this episode. hope you did too. Uh, the key takeaways for me about Alzheimer's and dementia is to really understand that there's a main difference between attention issues and then memory loss issues and to really be aware of The differences between the two. And I think one of the points that Dr. Chapek made that was really outstanding is that we all have attention issues from time to time, but if there's a memory issue that is different to you or different to your observation of one of your loved ones, for example, some of the early signs of dementia and Alzheimer's would be um, loss of awareness is to sense of direction so someone who is driving the same route home year after year and then suddenly gets lost on that route home now that would be a concerning for early signs of dementia and memory loss so it was really good that he pointed out the difference between attention and memory loss i really enjoyed that that was an excellent point also i think some of the avenues of testing for activity of memory loss. So he talked about the APP gene and also the APOE4 allele, or just testing for APOE subtype. This is something I think we all should do. We should all know what our risks are. Um, The APOE test is commercially available. It's in every major lab that I've seen. Also, it can be part of the panel that's offered through the 23andMe test um, or other ancestry DNA testing, looking at that as also a risk factor. So I've posted a lot this week on dementia and Alzheimer's, and one thing I'd like to bring up is that there's various theories as to what's going on in various different avenues to pursue controlling neuroinflammation, which is essentially the description of the pathological or pathophysiological process that's taking place in dementia, and advancing Alzheimer's disease. So there's two main components, and one is the amyloid beta component, which is sort of these plaques that are forming outside the neurons, and which are considered to be disruptive to neuronal function. And then the other component is neurofibrillary tangles formed by tau protein This is a protein that's collecting within the neuron, disrupting its function. So we see both tau protein and amyloid beta plaques in the brains of dementia and Alzheimer's disease patients. And these are the therapeutic targets of most of the medications that are available um, is to lower the amyloid beta. Now there's been over a hundred trials with different substances that are trying to lower amyloid beta and they have all been predominantly considered unsuccessful. So there's obviously much more to the story and so many targets are now looking at lowering the tau protein, um, not only the amyloid beta plaques. So. This is the direction that a lot of the drug therapies are going in naturopathic medicine as Dr. Chapic mentioned, and he's, he's really on the frontiers of integrated medicine. Um, in these two circles, we're looking at different components of neuroinflammation that might be caused by viruses, molds, also due to blood sugar dysregulation. And in my world, I look a lot at some of the neuroinflammation that's being caused by the microbiome. and Other aspects that are being looked at are something called glutamate toxicity, which is um, a neurotransmitter that may be toxic to the nervous system tissue. So these are other angles that are being approached for Alzheimer's disease and dementia. So right now, because everybody's really trying to figure out what's going on here and how to best control neuroinflammation, we're looking at many different routes um, to help sustain or preserve tissue. I don't think anybody knows right now if there's a cure for Alzheimer's disease or if you could even reverse it, but as Dr. Chapek so astutely pointed out is perhaps this can, these approaches can um, delay the onset of Alzheimer's disease or also slow progression. And at the very least It gives some empowerment to the patients to work on health issues that are potentially overall going to make them feel better. One last thing I'd like to say is there's a big emphasis in the Alzheimer's world with um, emphasis on sleep and the discovery of this um, system called the glymphatic system and we are learning that circadian rhythm, normality and um, attunement to circadian rhythm is key in helping our brains recover each night and potentially will be another major avenue of helping with slowing progression of dementia and Alzheimer's, and maybe as a primary prevention, is to work on the lymphatic system, which is a nightly detoxification system that has been discovered in the brain that's mediated by glial cells. So it's an exciting area. It's very troubling to see anybody deal with dementia, Alzheimer's, it affects the caregivers on a deep level. And obviously the patients on a deep level, it's considered in medicine and in healthcare as a, a long goodbye. And, um, it's something that we all need to figure out how to help and prevent. Thank you for tuning in. We'll speak to you next time on one thing.